Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Okay, rock it. Welcome to Penn Sunday School, starring Penn Gillette. My name is Michael Dudeau, Matt Donnelly, Penn and I. We're broadcasting from Show Creator Studios South here in Las Vegas. The Penn and Teller Show, now with Spaniards in the works. Is that how you want to be an ad for that? Yeah. <laughs> and tomorrow morning, Penn will not be a vegan. Here he is preaching temporary love, apparently. Mr. Penn Gillette. Temporary love. What are you going to eat tomorrow? Oh, that's right. You're going to kill some something. Preaching love, yeah, with my bare hands. Oh man, my teeth. This sounds awful. Uh, but first, I want to tell you on the same subject. Uh, I had a really uh, incredible experience um, that I think that I think is worth talking about. Okay. okay. Waiting on a tax return. Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Talk to anybody about this yet. I was on an airplane. Mm-hmm. I don't know, flying from maybe Chicago. Uh, no, it was someplace I was flying southwest. So I was in the exit row. Right. I had the double long that seat. seat. You got the one good seat? Weird. There's actually two good seats, but uh-huh. yes, one of the two good seats. And I got my legs stretched out. And then next to me, there's a cat in the middle seat, not in a great seat. Right. Then a guy in the aisle. Yeah. And the cat in the middle seat is uh, going about his, his business. And then, oh, I know, we were flying from, uh, it was Denver. It was Southwest flight Denver to um, to uh, Vegas. And the guy was about, uh, I don't know, 40, mm-hmm. uh, trim, nondescript. And he has been on his phone with his headphones on. And I looked up and he uh, he'd said something to the person uh, on the aisle. Because the window is the one that has a long. Yeah. He looked over at me and said, this is the exact sentence. Excuse me. Would you be offended if I read a hunting magazine? <laughs> wow. I said, no, no, no. Go right ahead. And he reached into his bag and he pulled out, you know, Outdoor Life or right. something and started reading an article. Kill it today. Kill it today. <laughs> uh, started reading an article. Just. In his own world, with where you would have to look over his shoulder to be offended, and I sat there thinking well, the, about the dead elephant centerfold. <laughs> <laughs> what a strange, uh, what a strange time in our culture. Yeah, on the airline TV sets, they warn you about this. They say, "Be careful what you're watching because of the people sitting around." Do you. they? They do on some of the flights that I've been on. There's a notice of that, and so maybe. He, 
Well, and not on Southwest. Southwest doesn't have the in-flight TV stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Huh. Uh, I have when I go on. I try, sometimes on, on the on the on the um, flights. I try to do what I call my Schultz hour because Schultz yes, the, course, the, yeah. the, where I sit for an hour without any um, communication Nothing, yeah. mm-hmm. and just think. And it's really I've written like you know fifteen bits for Penn and Teller during those hours, just sitting thinking. It's wonderful. But on the airplane, I always end up watching what's on the screen. Yeah, like you know, I watched uh, what what's the uh, Keanu Reeves. Wick? Wick, John Wick. John, John Wick. Wick. Three. John yeah. Wick 3, I, which I don't think you need the words for. I don't no. think so at all. Yeah, I just had that going on in the in the background while I'm thinking. But I was very, very interested in this. And also, you know, there's no doubt that every second on my computer, there's offensive stuff for the person next to me. Sure. Which I have always thought. As a matter of fact, right before 9-11, um, right before 9-11, I mean 9-11-2001, like three weeks before that, oh, I think... People know that I was friends with Al Goldstein, mm-hmm. and uh, Al Goldstein was the pornographer in a magazine called Screw Magazine. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, when he, in, in his later years, he was he was very very wealthy, and in his later years he was not, and he was homeless. And Ratso, Larry Sloman, and I took care of him. We put him, got him an apartment, and paid for him, and got him off the streets, and put him in a proper nursing home, and all of that. Until he died, and as I as I once said to Ratso, if you're at the end of your life, and the only two people that care about you are Penn and Ratso, <laughs> you've lived a pretty lousy life. <laughs> but we took care of Al. But I was friends with Al, and I always liked that Screw Magazine was so so. You know, this is you know the turn of the last century. So it, this is before internet porn goes crazy. It's right at the end. Right. right at the end of Screw Magazine, end of Screw, and uh, I would love Al's editorials. And Screw Magazine was a very pornographic newspaper. It wasn't even a magazine. It was a. It was printed on newsprint like a tabloid, oh, okay. and it was, uh, you know, uh, just ads for um, for all. One of my favorite ads in Screw Magazine ever was a person a- advertising SM. And you have to have the, you know, you you pay for the word. So uh, you want to keep it short. Yeah. It said, permanent damage, okay. <laughs> Would you want to say more about that? <laughs> I for sure am uh, uh, squirming with qualifications. <laughs> permanent damage, okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> How, what's the reading of that? Exclamation point, too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was reading it on the on the airplane. Yeah, looking over because uh, actually uh, Al had written an editorial. I was pretty interested. It was about Lenny Bruce and being partners. I'm reading that, but there's pictures all over, and it's a, so I'm reading it in a public place, and the flight attendant comes over to me and says, uh, uh, "We'd rather you didn't read." read that here because people are complaining that they can see over your shoulder. And I said, well, they're, they're reading over my shoulder. It's none of their business. They, they, they've gotten their punishment. They took the first shot. <laughs> Precisely. So I argue and I say, I, I don't think I'm going to put it away. That I think this is my right to read this. What I'm reading is legal and I can read it here. And she said, please put it away. And I put it away and then immediately pulled out my laptop and crafted a letter to Nadine Strawson, who was the head of the ACLU, saying, um, I wanna, I'm going to file a complaint 
with the airline about this. I believe I can read whatever I want in my little cone of privacy. And then they flew planes into the towers. It didn't seem that important. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Natalie. Still following up about my... (laughs) Just wanted to find out. Before we start profiling all Muslims, I want to get this really taken care of. (laughs) But it is really, really an issue. I wrote a thing um, when I used to write the back page of um, PC Computing Magazine. Right, yeah. I wrote a whole article on people reading. I believe, and this is the way I was brought up, if you left a letter uh, open on the kitchen table of my home, yeah, and the first word of that letter was pen, my parents would not read that no matter what. And uh, if if there was uh, something left left out, a letter left out wide open on the pay on the table that said Sam, you know, my dad's name, yeah, I, I would never cross my mind, right, yeah, to look at a word. And I remember once I was at my apartment in New York, and uh, my a uh, uh, good friend, a very good friend, still a very close friend of mine, was in my apartment in New York, and my mail was there on the table, and he picked up a postcard. I was looking at it. I remember being so appalled. Like, you'd pick up a postcard at someone's house and look at it? Now, obviously, the postcard can go through the mail and we can look at it. But if a postcard was in front of me and didn't have my name on it, I would not read it. And I believe that it's an absolute deal breaker if someone reads over my shoulder my computer. I've taught my children. When there's something on a computer screen, you do not look at it under any circumstances. You know, if someone's looking over and say, oh, I notice you're, you know, and I do not look. Now, I just said I was looking at the John Wick. I believe that's different. That's a TV in a public place. But I would not look at someone's computer. So this guy saying, um, would you be offended if I read a hunting magazine? The emotions I had over that were so, so, so complex. Sure. Um, And then he pulled out Celebrity Sleuth. <laughs> yes, he had new pictures of me with Keith Richards. Um, it's uh, it was really uh, really fascinating. Yeah, that he was going to, you know, and there were pictures of antlers. You know, <laughs> uh, the other thing is that when he opened it up, I looked in a way I never would have before. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, right, yeah, yeah. He, he kind of given an me, invitation. It was kind of, sort of. Isn't it kind of, yeah. sort of invitation? Hey, like looking at a shot up at deer? <laughs> I'm so curious about it because on the one hand, there's like, uh, basically like uh, Andy Duke's challenged you to be sure that atheists can be kind on television, yeah. you know? Like, I feel like if I were to, you know, stereotypically, if someone was going to pull out a hunting magazine, they would kind of be like brazenly like, whatever, dude. Fuck I'm you. I'm going to read this I'm fucking magazine. Yeah. yeah, look at this. I hunt. <laughs> yeah. A chipmunk shot in the face. What I, do you think of that? I have a macho t-shirt that has way too many words on it on yeah. the back. Um, you know. Uh, if I, if you want to take away my rights to be able to have what I want to have, then you better be ready to deal with what I'm going to do. I did, I, yeah. That's all I read. I, that's all I can. And you walked away. I can't. The flight's over. Um, you know, like that's the story. So the fact that the guy understands there might be a dynamic of judgment and that he's trying to be respectful of your judgment of hunting before he engages in activity is, you know, it's strange. And I also, I chose my words carefully. We flew for like another hour. And as we were leaving, I said, 
I just want to say that it is in your your empathy and your clarity of who you are coupled with empathy, I find inspiring. Yeah. And he said, well, you know, nowadays some people are really bothered. I said, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about our culture. I'm talking about you. Yeah. And I find you are inspiring. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I fly this route every uh, every, uh, every week. I said, what, what do you do? And he went on to say, computer, computer guy. And his last flight, he just whipped out the magazine and some woman looked over and just vomited. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was no, and I just found it, I found it a very complicated. Yeah. You know, Did I didn't recognize have, you. Um, he'd asked the other guy yeah, first. Yeah, so he asked both, both oh, parties. So yeah. that, that's not part right, of the, okay. that's not part of it. No, good, good. Yeah. So no, also, because he may not have wanted to be talked about on a podcast. Again, like I said, <laughs> what's that? He may not have wanted to be talked about on a podcast. I didn't give his name. <laughs> no, I know. I also, this it. is very complicated because if the guy does fly this route often and somehow ended up with a middle seat, I have some questions for him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's incredibly generous and takes the most uncomfortable seat as well. Oh, wow. Man. Wow. Maybe I was sitting next to Buddha. Gandhi. Buddha. Buddha. Siddhartha came in and sat down. Oh, we have a uh, Siddhartha. He's asked for a middle seat. Could we, uh, could we, uh, we can accommodate you if you'd like, sir. He's number three on Southwest. He would like to move to number 89. We have that open. Sure, fine. And bring your hunting magazine. Um, I just thought that was really worth talking about. That is really interesting. For sure. For thinking about. I'd never encountered that before. Now, see, uh, me reading Screw Magazine, I did the precise opposite. Yes. Yeah. The precise opposite. It is not your business to look what I'm looking at, so fuck you. He took the opposite of, we're sharing this space. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. It reminds me also of your Gilbert conversation, where you guys were, you were actually comforting him, but you, by, you guys were being yeah, outlandishly yeah. offensive. Yeah. And you were okay with people telling you to take the volume of your conversation down, but then they try to patrol the topic of your conversation. Yeah. You're offended by that as well. Yeah, it, it, it does tie in with, this ties with a lot, a lot of stuff I think about. So I had a thing that said, when I wrote PC Computing, the back page about computing, yeah. I had this whole thing about people reading on my screen, and I had this special letter that you could pop up that said, um, uh, you know, uh, Dear Sally, um, it's been hard <laughs> since getting back from Nam. Um, and I finally have gotten out of prison from the last person that read over my shoulder on my computer screen and I knifed them without warning in the throat. Uh, I finally got, that went on long like that, but it was just an absolute threat if you were reading over the shoulder. That's great. <laughs> but I try to think that I can have anything on my computer screen when I'm working and people around me should not look. Now, when you when you walk by a computer screen, do you look at what's on it? No, on a flight, if someone has a computer open the laptop, just the bright lights, I can't I can't not look at someone's do you, screen. Do you read it? No. Okay, but if they're running a movie, yeah, I will look at the movie. Yeah, I believe that too. I believe a movie is different. What do you think, Randy? You're too busy vomiting on every flight. I don't even read my own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Goodo? You fly a lot. I fly a lot, and I and and you're right. The flickering of a movie will draw my attention, and I will look at it like a bunch of times during the flight, but not read anything. I definitely don't read anything. In fact, what I learned from being in the circus was walking by everybody's open door and not looking in it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the same habit. Well, with Marianne uh, Williamson, yeah, you know, she was she was sitting in front right. of me. Yeah, she was reading over your shoulder. <laughs> no, no, she was sitting in front of me and she had her, her, her she was texting 
on her computer. I mean, I would text right. you on her phone. Yeah. I mean, I could tell by the, the movements. Sure. And it was lit, and I could have read it. And I right. would not read no, no, no. what Marianne Williamson had on her on her. Uh, what more patrol you have? I guess, I guess I'll get some. <laughs> what, would, what would uh, what would your feelings have been if the magazine had he not uh, talked to you first? If you looked over and just happened to see it was a hunting magazine, I believe I wouldn't have ever known. You think you would never looked? No matter I would never what? looked. No. Yeah. None of my business. I think if there was pictures, I could have been caught by a picture or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think you could have, yeah. But you know, also I've had people open the airplane magazine sitting next to me and hold up a picture of me and just point at it. <laughs> I can't picture looking at someone else's thing and then saying something to them or someone else about yeah, what I looked at. Confessing about it? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what someone did with my screw magazine. Exactly, yeah. They, went to, picture... they went to the flight attendant and said, he has, you know... Even if it was like a, you know, MAGA, 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 MAGA magazine, you know, whatever. <laughs> I could see getting mad about it or whatever, but then not... I don't think I could ever get to the point where I, like, that's not on me. I think even, even the most... Whatever my angriest or most judgmental state, I don't think I could not... That conversation ends with it not being my fault for looking. Right. Unless they're saying, and that's why I killed Kennedy and pinned it on Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Deep throat is, you know, whatever. yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I yeah. yeah. Hoff is in my. <laughs> we built the vortex for that plane that disappeared. And yeah, I, you know, like I can't, yeah, I don't know how, I can't picture, I can't picture that not being my problem. I think it's strange. But at any rate, it is remarkable that somebody who, before 9-11, stole his thunder yeah, right. was willing to fight yeah. for being able to have uh, pornography yeah. in my own space on the airplane yeah. was then inspired by someone doing quite the opposite. Well, your you, rallying cry now is 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 kindness. Yeah. And then it was freedom. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That has changed. That has just changed. And I like to keep the freedom there, but I love the fact that it was very inspiring. I and really, I think I sat and thought about it for about an hour. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was really, really something. You, would you feel like taking out pornography now on an airplane? No. Right. Is that Although just because you're an old I mean, guy? <laughs> I do. I do because uh, as I'm scrolling through stuff, you right. know, if I'm if I'm on an airplane, yes, I think I do. I think stuff pops up on my screen. Okay, so I think I would. I think I still would be okay. I think here's what I think. I think it's completely within his rights to pull out a honey magazine and just read it, and no one should read over his shoulder. Right. And yet, I'm still inspired by the empathy and the kindness. Both yeah. those things right, can be both true. Good. Both, yeah. both those things good. can be true. Oh, we got an advertising. <laughs> I think then next time you want to read pornography on the plane, yeah. you just simply turn it and announce to everyone, excuse me, would you mind if I look at these awesome? <laughs> <laughs> Full spread beaver. <laughs> Do you mind if I look at this while I fly? Yeah. I'm going to be looking at a hot uh, sailor action. Yeah. If you'd like to. You guys want, you want to check that out? You want to read over my shoulder? Uh, if you'd like to read over my shoulder, you're welcome to. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to be reading this one way or the other. <laughs> So I have not, uh, I, I've not done this yet, and I'm going to. Okay. I really am going to do this. This is the advertiser that when Dustin came to us and said, as he always does, the long-suffering Dustin yeah. goes, is this another ad you're going to turn down? <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> and I am going to actually use this. I'm going to try using it because I've never done anything like this in my life. Is there something, this is, I'm going to read a little bit of the talking points. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Uh, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. It's this company called BetterHelp Online Counseling, BetterHelp, BetterHelp, that um, allows you to have a counselor, a shrink. Does it say anywhere here, do not use the word shrink? <laughs> Does not say that. Does not say don't use the word shrink. So okay. I, I have a lot of friends who have been very helped by shrinks, uh, very helped by going to counseling. And I never have. I've never done it. And uh, I don't say that with any amount of pride. I just never gotten around to it. And I also think that the idea of having to drive to somebody and find somebody and all that stuff, the idea of doing this online seems brilliant. You can get help on your own time at your own pace. Schedule secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your therapist. Connect with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. Licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. Now, they're specializing in uh, helping with that. That doesn't necessarily mean they have all those qualities. I don't think you can ask for a counselor. Could I have a counselor that's really angry? <laughs> um, anything you share is confidential. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you request a new one at any time, no additional charge. 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states, available worldwide. Four communication modes, text, chat, phone, and video. Start communicating under 24 hours. Available on desktop, mobile web, Android, and iOS apps. Schedule video and phone sessions, generally weekly, unless your therapist schedules more. Broad expertise in the network, which may not be locally available in many areas. Financial aid available for those who qualify. Secure, convenient, professional, affordable. Doesn't have to be a crisis time. You can just go and help out. Best of all, it's truly affordable option. Penn Sunday School listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code PEN. So why not get started today? Go to BetterHelp, BetterHelp.com slash PEN. Uh, simply fill out a questionnaire and help them uh, assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's BetterHelp.com slash shrink. Pen. No, pen. Pen. Uh, I'm going to try this, I think. I'm going to try it. Yeah. Is anybody else interested as I am in this? I, I don't know. I think it might be a good I, thing. Uh, yeah, I am interested in it. I, I, I've always seen therapists my whole mm -hmm. life. And then when I haven't, my life's been worse. So I'm a big advocate of the mm -hmm. old therapists. Yeah, I have as well. Yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's a, uh, it might be something I'm going to try. Hmm. With HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, get easy, seasonable recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. Michael Goudeau, I love tell Hello us about HelloFresh. HelloFresh uh, Hello has uh, vegetarian options. Mm -hmm. um, it's really uh, inexpensive. It's really delicious. It's really easy to cook. Everything's pre-measured. Everything's pre-chosen for you. The the uh, vegetables and things that they mailed me were beautiful and delightful, and mm -hmm. uh, it's great. I can't say enough nice things about it. Something them. for everyone, from family recipes to calorie smart and vegetarian, and fun menu series like Hall of Fame and Kraft Burgers. HelloFresh has more five-star recipes in the other meal kit, so you know you'll get something delicious. HelloFresh is flexible and fits 
elevates your lifestyle. Add extra meals to your weekly order as well as yummy add-ons like garlic bread and cookie dough. Easily change your delivery days, food preferences, and skip a week whenever you need. How'd your children do on cooking this stuff? My children actually cooked it themselves. It's the greatest thing to hand them a box. They open it, and the recipe is very simple to follow, very nice pictures, very easy to do, and my kids are making meals better than I can make myself. <laughs> and what was your, what was your uh, favorite meal? Uh, they have a, uh, a, a sweet potato quesadilla that I thought was delicious. Wow, sounds good. that sounds good. It's really good. Really good. Uh, for $80 off, wow, Jesus, really? For $80 <laughs> off your first month of HelloFresh. And it's inexpensive already. Yeah. It's great. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Pen80. Yeah. Pen80. P-E-N-N-8-0 and enter Pen80. P-E-N-N-8-0. That's HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. Oh, hello, <laughs> hello Fresh. Hello, Fresh. HelloFresh.com slash Pen80. Uh, it's like receiving eight meals free. Eight free meals. You get $20 off your first four boxes. This seems really, really great. It is delicious. Yeah. Uh, I want to try it. I was supposed to try it. And they sent it to you instead. You were out of town and they sent it to me. <laughs> That's where it goes. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. I want to tell you that tomorrow morning, you know the restaurant Mr. Chow's? Mm -hmm. It's at Caesars. Okay. And there's some sort of television program they do. I can't keep track of all the television programs. Remember when it was just Bonanza, Ed Sullivan, Star Trek, yeah, and Outer sure. Limits? Uh -huh. Good. Speed Racer during the day. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Bugs Bunny maybe once in a while in the early evening. Yeah. And we're done. You, if they said to you, name every show on television, 1968, you might forget, you know, you might forget like the Beverly Hillbillies and go, oh, fuck yeah. But you, <laughs> you can name all of you, them. You can name all of them. That's nuts. Yeah. And they're all still successful. Yeah. I think all of them are still successful yeah. and still running. You can still name them. <laughs> but now there are so many TV shows that you can't name them. So there's some TV show that I'm on, and it's going to be from Caesar. It's a Caesars thing, mm -hmm. and I'm in the Caesars family. Yes, I'm you like are. The Manson family. <laughs> and uh, they want me to go and eat. I guess I'm a judge. I'm not cooking. And uh, there is another entertainer in town yeah. who uh, hung tough on vegan. Hung very tough on vegan, and they can't find a way. They're trying to accommodate that person. And they said, if we try to lean heavily vegetarian, would Penn come and eat? And I said, certainly. That's my job. All right. But, you know, I used to. This is how things have changed so much with me. Uh, yes, I was going to say. It used to be when I first went to this diet, I said, when I'm working, I can eat anything. Yeah. And yeah. then I went on, was it Bobby Flay? Yeah. Right after I had done... Um, the diet and lost all the weight, I was asked to go on Bobby Flay. And I was so looking forward to a nice thick steak, you know, and cheesy potatoes sure. and all this ribs. stuff. Ribs. I was just living for it. Bobby yeah. Flay, barbecue I, show. I went and had it and it was wonderfully prepared and I was disappointed. I was disappointed in how much I liked the steak. I just thought, well, I haven't had a steak in three months. This would be great. And I hadn't had a steak in three months and I went like, oh yeah, I'm kind of over it. 
but it was wonderfully. I'm not saying you understand. I'm saying nothing about bodies. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> about I remember the stick was something like yes. a, like a hundred dollars an ounce. This is weird. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, <laughs> yeah was crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I did that again with uh, Giada. Yeah, uh, I was I was sure. eating this most expensive meal ever with Giada, mm-hmm. and it was fabulous. And now a couple years have gone by, and now I go, oh God, I hope it's not chicken. Yeah, and I <laughs> I hope it's kind of not pork. I hope it's kind of not beef. I guess cheese. Maybe a butter. Maybe it'll be all butter. If it's butter, I'm okay. It'll be a fair thing. It'll be deep fried butter. <laughs> yeah. Deep fried butter, you know, uh, and maybe some, uh, I'm also okay. They put a little egg in the in the batter or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Creme brulee. But uh, not an egg. Butter egg. and creme brulee. Yeah. That'd be okay. But I said I would do it for my job. All right. And it'll be really interesting. I'll report back. Yeah, because this one is of so- us would be happily to come in with you tomorrow morning and eat the food and tell you how it was. <laughs> yeah, well, how about you, Matt? Are you getting a little bit turned off by it or not? Uh, again, like I, you know, uh, this episode hasn't aired, I don't think, but we talked about the clappers that like I just tend to be fine with both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I do have an authentic vegan palate where I, if I have an unbelievable vegan item, I love it a lot and keep it as equal value in my brain as anything else mm-hmm. or whatever. But I'll still eat what you know uh, at a barbecue or something like that. If I have something like that, it still tastes good to me. Yeah, it's gone away. Although, you know, I've had Impossible Burgers, and I've liked those. But um, I'll tell you, uh, chicken is yeah. like... Yeah, you're t- horrified by chicken. Horrified. Yeah. It's like if 10 years ago you'd said they, they have a really good chef who prepares rat. Yeah, here's a yeah, foot. Yeah, I yeah. have a foot for you. <laughs> yeah, and I go, oh, okay. I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it's okay for me, and I'm sure it'll be... Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. or when you have like blood sausage. Remember, you had blood sausage. Yeah, and you yeah, yeah. Go, God damn! And then <laughs> you kind of go, well, wait a minute. I eat blood. So- I mean, the, what, what do I think the gravy is? Yeah, gravy is blood. Blood. So, <laughs> so I'm going to be eating, and it's really funny. There's a huge change for me to get over uh, to feel the. What uh, thing? You know what I'm thinking? I have a feeling that if I went to Mr. Chow's, whatever you prepared for me, I'd enjoy it tremendously. Yeah. I'm hoping there's. I, I do miss fried rice. Oh yeah, yeah. I do yeah. miss fried, fried rice. rice. Is good. Uh, the only thing, well, I guess. I was just going to tell good. a joke. I remember the new guy in Saturday Night Live. All the shit he's getting. <laughs> uh, no Chinese food jokes. No. And didn't um, uh, our presidential candidate come out and say he would sit down and talk with Andrew him? Yang? Yeah. He's fascinating. Did how you, much How much do we love Andrew Yang? I was going to say, he seems like your presidential candidate. I think he probably is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's given a thousand bucks a month to uh, 12 people. And specifically referring- Four people. To, yeah. And specifically, he Five wants people. it to be- uh, I think <laughs> You should 10. start that program. I think it was 10. I and, know uh, three. That would. <laughs> uh, but he specifically wants it to be passive income. Like yeah. He specifically doesn't want it to be like- Everyone's saying you can't live on a thousand dollars. He said, I don't want you to live on a thousand dollars. I want you to have the freedom to have options or to invest in other things yeah. besides that. Right. And t- talking about the failures of like, you know, worker training and that kind of stuff that when people get fired and they offer worker training, how much that actually works out for people. It's really fascinating. Well, you know, there's a lot of stuff, you know, you know, uh, Joe Rogan yeah. is, uh, is guaranteed basic income nut. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody tells me it's not very libertarian, but boy, to get rid of all welfare, all food stamps, all everything, and just write a fucking check, it seems so great. Well, here's you a- know what they found out? Yeah. Now, I read this study that made me laugh so hard. Two things make me laugh really hard. One is the test for narcissism. Do you know the test for narcissism? No. Are you a narcissist? 
It's a one question test. <laughs> Most narcissists answer yes. <laughs> you can't do that with schizophrenia. <laughs> Are you a narcissist? The other thing that happens is I read this whole study that had in the middle of it turned out in studying poverty that one of the best ways to eliminate poverty is to give the people money. Yeah. And you go, I could have thought of that at six years old. How come I can't think of it now? Yeah. But it turns out if you just take someone who's homeless, you don't need to give them training. Right. You don't need to give them uh, nutritional help. You don't need to have them study. You give them $10,000, they're not poor anymore. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, there are big things that you can do that make a huge difference. And when, when you're poor, you buy things one at a time. When you're wealthy, you go to Sam's Club and get a big package of them. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, a roll of paper towels will cost you $3 buying them individually. You buy a hundred of them and you, they're a dollar each. Th those yeah. kinds of things are big expenses. But that's not really the main I mean, reason. Just, the main reason is just enough money to get a breather, to yeah. get going, to take a step. And you know, the, the, the thing we really need to do, we did this crazy fucking shit during World War II or World War I, where we froze wages and couldn't give people uh, raises because you didn't want people that were not in the service to benefit. But still, the, the free market doesn't know the difference. So it had to do benefits. So it gave people health insurance. Right, yeah. And we attached health services insurance to the job yeah and i don't know whether it should be single payer national health care right. or whether it should be all individual insurance but it sure as fuck should not be attached to the job you've got people keeping shitty jobs because yeah. they can't change their health insurance so yang might be my guy yeah he was he's the only example of a guy he said you know that his uh what what the money helped him he didn't quit his job or do anything crazy but he bought a guitar with his money and started playing in a band mm -hmm. and the extra money allowed him to, to, uh, to, to, to do that. And he was just happier as a person. Yeah. So he had the same shitty job, but his mom was also six, but he was sticking with the job, not because of money, but because of being near his mom. And mm -hmm. so that was just tough. And the, the passive income allowed him to like get a guitar, go out and rehearse, get, go with a band and just develop a hobby. And I think the only thing he's and calling that person's it, name, Bruno Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, I know you're listening to the podcast. Uh, I don't know. That's probably not true. Um, but uh, I, he's calling it the freedom dividend. I think it should go constitutional. They should call it the pursuit of happiness dividend. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Why yeah. aren't you working for him? I might. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I love- Can't afford it. <laughs> I love what he said, even though the position s seemed to be a little- yeah. His, yeah. his idea, I'll sit down and talk with you, was pretty great. Yeah. You know, yeah. his idea, I'll sit on top with you pretty great. I also like, uh, he might be more my kind of nut than Marianne. Yes. But that's the nut that I would vote for Yang Williamson, Williamson Yang. Get my <laughs> no vote like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vote like that. I think what's important is when you run for president and you can gain any kind of uh, platform with it, you gain any kind of steam, you get to change conversation, you know? Mm -hmm. And before Yang running for president, this the universal basic income thing was basically a nutty idea that you read in like tech blogs and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. You really didn't see it as part of like a national conversation. Yep. And so in that regard, I think he's just very successful at people talking about it. Yeah, maybe Yang's my man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just listened to a big interview in the New York Times podcast. And when it was over, I just was like, Penn would love this guy. <laughs> Uh, maybe you could say, I'm not tugging your wang, I'm voting for Yang. 
Is that a slogan? <laughs> we'll help them out. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can't the website's got to win a thousand dollars a month, no strings attached thing. The, yeah, the, the freedom dividends. He's got people entering. Yeah, to win it. Well, I should explain this. I should explain this. So, one of the guys on Fool Us, um, uh, Adrian Caratala. Yeah. Adrian Caratala. Yes. Spanish magician. Yes. Uh, he's the one that did the stripping off all his clothes. Yes. Not all his clothes, down to his boxer shorts and t shirt. And the ring vanished from a handkerchief and appeared on his shoelace. Yes. Remember that guy? Yeah, on the ladder. Yeah. Well, we loved him. We yeah. just loved him. And he came to do the show, but he did something uh, no one has ever done at uh, one of the one of the foolers on the show. Mm-hmm. No one had ever done this. Backstage after the show, he said, "I want to show you how it works." And we said, "Well, we you know you told us afterwards." He said, no, no, I want to really show you. And he had all the props and laid it out and how he built it and did the whole thing, laid it out for us. And then he said, "I've brought some other tricks for you." And he opened this bag that he brought over from Spain, and he pulled out like two or three other tricks that he had invented. He's an inventor. He was on the inventor show. Yeah, yeah. He's an inventor. Pulled out two of the other tricks that he invented, and then just said, uh, I'm watching your show. I thought maybe you could use this, or you could use this. And Teller said, well, maybe we should talk to you about a couple of things that we're uh, working on. And we ran down a couple of ideas and where we had it, and he started brainstorming with us. Wow. And an hour and a half later, we'd solved a couple of problems. Wow. And I was driving home, and Teller said, uh, uh, I got a phone call from Teller, which I usually don't answer, but I did. <laughs> You're in the car. Uh, Moby Dick had finished a chapter. <laughs> um, didn't let it go to voicemail, which Teller, of course, has, has specifically reprimanded me for. <laughs> I know you're looking at your phone, you let it go to voicemail, then you don't even listen to it. You just read the summary and that only cursory. If you answered the phone, we'd have fewer problems with our business. <laughs> I go, yeah, I, no one calls. Um, anyway, he called and said, uh, I, I called Adrian and he's in town until Friday. Do you want to work with him all week? And I said, yeah. And Glenn called up and made a deal to hire him. So he was a fooler on Sunday night, yeah, and he was on staff Monday afternoon. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> and uh, he came into the rehearsals, and we laid out. I went through my notebook. I mean, my, my notebook. I mean, my notes on my computer. Yeah, I went through my notes and just said, "Here's a bit. Here's a bit. Here's a bit. Here's a bit." And we started brainstorming, and it was just amazing. And then I said, and then Teller said, "You know, uh, Hundro." Is in town too. Yes, Hondro was the one that did the thing with Juan Tamaras. Yes, yeah, he's in yeah. town too, and he's good friends. And I said to Teller, "We already have a Spaniard in the works." Now, I expected Teller to say, "Isn't that funny?" Ha ha ha. Then I said, "We have, uh, we have a Spaniard in the works," and I said that to uh, Adrian. And no, no laugh. You guys don't know what I'm talking about either. John Lennon wrote two books. Uh. One was called "In His Own Right." with the pun, right? And the other was called The Spaniard in the Works. And it was about uh, a Spaniard. But there's an expression in England called a spanner in the works. And a spanner is a wrench. Yes. And it means throwing a wrench into gears. Oh, uh, so we call a monkey wrench. Monkey wrench. It's like a monkey wrench. So a Spaniard in the Works was John Lennon's joke. And I thought it was really funny when a Spaniard in the Works. And then... Hondro said, I'll come in and work with you. So one afternoon, we had Hondro and Adrian. Uh, Hondro just go up by the name Hondro. It's not that I'm ignoring yeah, his yeah. last name. 
brainstorming with us. And it was wonderful. It was really, really, really wonderful. And I know uh, their stuff. Those, yeah, those, those Spaniards know their stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the Spanish know their shit. And also they were, you know, they have heavy Spanish accents. Yeah. So it also made it brainstorming with charades. <laughs> and you get the, you get the, 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 build the, well, build, balloon? build the, uh, build, build the, yeah. build the uh, if we get the, uh, the, uh, it was like that. Yeah, yeah. And then I had to tell him, this is like uh, brainstorming with charades. But I had to explain to them what charades is, oh. which is really hard across <laughs> languages. And our, our crew, because our crew were the funniest people in the world, the crew were standing there and uh, one of the, uh, uh, you know, Adrian, Adrian, or uh, or yeah. Andro would suggest something that meant one of the crew had to move something or work instead of just standing there drinking coffee. Our crew is wonderful; they work really hard. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm just setting up this joke. They would say, "You know, dude, can we try from the top and moving the props a little bit stage left?" Our crew would go, "Build the wall." <laughs> <laughs> build the wall right now. Build the wall right around them. Build the wall. Build the wall. And then we had explained to them what the. I wouldn't do a joke like that behind their back. Right. Right. I would say, you know, there's some problems with immigration and our president. And then they would have to say, that, that is Mexico. I said, yes, we, we all know, know that. We, know. we all know that. We don't have a Mexican helping us now. And we want to do this joke, and it's really, really funny. <laughs> so it was this whole day of heavy Spanish accents, charades, brilliant magical thinking. And, of course, I, I became the cheerleader for this. Build the wall. <laughs> so they would say stuff like, "When you're doing this, this switch, Ben, I, I, I think maybe the left hand needs to not pull a tap. Build the wall. Just build the fucking wall. Don't right? you criticize Guys, me. Build the wall around him right now. Right. <laughs> it was amazing. And you know, I, I, it's very strange, but um, not strange. Everybody will understand this completely. Um, we miss Johnny tremendously. Yeah. We had all these sessions with Johnny there yeah. all the time. And, uh, this was another, oh, by the way, both Alejandro, uh, knew Johnny very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Adrian is a little bit too young. Mm-hmm. He, he knew of Johnny, certainly, right, yeah. and knew him through Juan Tamaris. But, uh, by the way, when they say the name Juan Tamaris and we say the word, Name Juan Tamaris, we can't understand each other. We didn't know we were talking about the same person. <laughs> because they say, Juan Tamaris. Juan Tamaris. Juan Tamaris. <laughs> well, you know Juan Tamaris. Oh, yeah. Oh, does he know Juan Tamaris? <laughs> Who? Juan Tamaris. Juan Tamaris? Juan Tamaris. <laughs> but having someone else who's very, very knowledgeable, and it's also interesting because we worked with Johnny for 20 years. So although he still knew more than us, we had an idea of the kind of things he knows. Yeah. You know, uh, especially uh, Adrian knows all this inventor shit, you know, that we don't think That's about great. ever. You know? yeah. And uh, Hondro has a really much broader sense of humor than we do. So he put this uh, this drop on a move that's really this funny, almost slapsticky thing. And we got so much fucking work done with four days with these people. That's and awesome. what I was amazed by was, uh, I believe this was planned by Adrian. I mean, I believe he planned on, <laughs> I'm going to come in and show what a great inventor I am. 
And it's yeah. funny that no one else has tried to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No one else has said, you know, I was on Fool Us. I fooled you. Well, I'm here. <laughs> Maybe I can help you fool other people. Huh. I think people would be so afraid of you guys if you were like even an eye roll or just a just a just a heavy pause. Well, that was the great thing. It took about forty five minutes before everybody was going. No, oh no, no, what the fuck? We got to there. Yeah. It only stayed polite like forty five because it lets you cross out of polite. Yeah. You can't write. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to cross out of that. Yeah. And it was uh, really wonderful. There are a couple Spaniards in the works, and we might bring them back over. Sure. Because they, they just have great stuff. Also, the overlaps were amazing. Because uh, Hondro says, I, you got the, the, what you call the, the, I said, oh, the ball pit. He said, what? The ball pit. Ball pit. Like they have a McDonald's. I have one too. And he laid out this trick he was doing where he's vanishing from a ball pit, which is exactly what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. So we got to talk about those kinds of things. Nice. And he, he talked about this and that. And it was just really wonderful. So I think we're going to be, you know, um, and it's, it, uh, everybody understands how much I love Johnny. So I, I don't have to be careful of what I say. Yeah. But uh, with Johnny gone, um, bringing in other magicians to just kind of brainstorm is pretty great. You yeah, know? especially they're, they're with new, the, they're fresh, they have different ideas that you haven't been through. And it's the other thing great. is what what Teller and I, and this is, uh, and I mean this obviously with no disrespect, but somebody coming up with an idea that both Teller and I dislike is really useful. Teller and I both <laughs> tear that idea apart, and while we're tearing it apart, we've gotten three more ideas. It's amazing. So we're gonna, I think we're going to try to be much more liberal in just bringing people in for a week. Want to work with us for a week because both of them loved it. You know, yeah. They both thought we treated them fairly. They enjoyed it. Uh, we, you know, checked everything. You know, Hondro gave us one idea, and I said he, he laid out the whole thing he does in his show. We said, "I, you told us this and showed us video about how well it went in your show, and that was a fine story." And then you started talking about details. Are you telling us this because we could do it in our show? And he went, yeah, 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 yeah. And I went, we could really just take your bit and do it. But the bit doesn't fit us. We'd have to change it tremendously. Of course, yeah, yeah. And he said, yeah. And it turns out that Hondra was the first one to do Woody's love ritual, oh. the card thing. And he said, uh, yeah, I did it in my show, and I loved, loved doing it, and it was fabulous. And then other magicians saw it. They started doing it. So uh, even though I was first and I got it from Woody, I... I just let it go. I said, funny you should say that. <laughs> but, uh, uh, Shin Lim just yeah. did it on America's Got Talent. I think we have to be done with it. He said, yeah, it doesn't matter uh, who was there first. The audience doesn't know. You don't want them to see anything that you're doing as someone else did. And I said, yeah. yes, which is why we want to take your bit. Because <laughs> no one's seen you in Spain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's really been fun. So we're we're also That's bringing. Fascinating. Do, you, do you need an intern or someone to do charades? I'm really good at charades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my Spanish is muy bien. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's that also fascinating. It's also so embarrassing because you see them struggling with the language, and you go, "Man, they are doing this genius shit in another language." Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, can you imagine how fast and articulate they are if we were speaking Spanish? Oh, and yeah. And then we did find out. Because the two of them are there. Yeah, so they speak so to the, each other. So the two of them go, uh, they, one of them gets an idea, yeah, yeah. and then they come together 
with their English and lay it out. And you go, wow, they're doing it. They're doing another language. It's really amazing. It's really, but it was really a, uh, it was a really beautiful, beautiful experience. I really, we're going to do more of that, a lot more of that. Waiting on a tax return. Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And then tomorrow we also do Good Morning Australia. Because all of January, we are in Australia. We are in Sydney. At the uh, at the uh, opera house, opera house, I've heard of it, which has no backstage <laughs> at all. And you know, when last time I went to Sydney, I I bragged that I never wanted to see the opera house. Yeah. It's such a cliche. I said I want to go the whole visit to Australia, never see the. So the time we were driving by the opera house, I kept my head down, my eyes closed, <laughs> and they tell them. So I've never seen the opera house live, and I was wondering if I'm going to be able to get in the stage door without ever seeing it from the outside. <laughs> Find the Sydney Opera House like uh, January sixth or something, and eighth or, or something in January, and it's selling really well, crazy well. Yeah. It's our first appearance, our first appearance ever in Australia, ever. So really, I was fun. in Australia with Teller, and and people on the streets were recognizing, yeah, it a lot, yeah. And uh, then we're also doing uh, Brisbane, uh-huh. uh, and so there's a show called Good Morning Australia. You know, it's great. With the time difference, <laughs> good morning, Australia, 2.30 in the afternoon. Oh. How great is that? I want to do all morning shows in Australia. <laughs> very, very civilized. I could host, just so you know, if you're listening yeah. from Australia, I could host an Australian <laughs> morning show from right here in Vegas and be thrilled to pieces. Have my cup of coffee, sit there going, and now we have the craft segment. Who yeah, has the morning. biggest pumpkin? Good morning. <laughs> Here's what traffic's like on the Sydney Audubon. Sydney Audubon. <laughs> the Sydney Highway. Highway. Yeah. Highway. They speak the same language. Sure do. Um, I did a wonderful interview with a, uh, a journalist from down there. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, um, will you be changing your show at all for the Australian audience? And I said, you know, we have a lot of people come to me after the show and like call me mate and say good day and stuff that sound like they're Australian. And not one of them has said, and stop with that American English shit. We don't get it. <laughs> so I, I, I think we're okay. I think we're okay. But I'm excited about going to Australia. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, and uh, we'll be down there for like almost the whole month of January. That's And I'll great. be on Good Morning Australia. And the tickets, I think, by the time we get down there, I think both shows, Sydney and Brisbane, are going to be sold out. So oh, if, you're, if you're a Sunday school person and you're down in Australia, uh, we'd love to have you uh, have you uh, early warning have you come on come on by come on by and uh i also want to say uh now did you watch you didn't watch uh, uh perpetual grace limited not yet did anybody watch mindhunter i have watched mindhunter oh the second season uh, i'm just two episodes into the second season okay there is coming up in there my new buddy who's also a sunday school listener mm-hmm. my new buddy uh damon uh, harriman uh-huh. damon harriman has done something crazy in acting he plays Manson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, and in Manhunter. Oh, he's in this. He's the, he's the same actor playing Manson in both both <laughs> projects. Yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, he, he's on Perpetual Grace Limited. Yeah, he's one of the leads, and he is beyond fabulous. 
one of my favorite actors I've ever okay. seen. He's able to be, it's this combination that is so powerful. He's able to be kind and creepy simultaneously with every sentence. And he does a monologue in Perpetual Grace. It's toward the end. I mean, yeah. It's 10 episodes. This is episode nine called The Little Tornado. And when, when, you, when you get to the monologue of A Little Tornado, the combination of, um, uh, of Steve writing mm -hmm. The Little Tornado monologue and, uh, and Damon delivering it, unbelievable. This Conrad Harriman combination, yeah. it is about a six or seven minute monologue in the middle of a, a middle of a show where he describes how he's going to go to jail and be the little tornado. That his psychosis, optimism, kindness, and insanity going together. It's one of the greatest. I mean, I think. That if someone were doing like auditions and had to have a monologue prepared, Little Tornado would be one of it's one of the greatest <laughs> little six minute hunks I've ever seen. And although the only thing you'd be discouraged because you're not going to be able to do it better than Damon. But I mean, people do, right? You're talking to me; they do that as a monologue. So yeah, that I was still done, do that one. That, that was really, done pretty well. I did one on parties. So um, he said, "I haven't talked about this. He's going to come on the show, and in all the interviews, he's going to come on Sunday School." In all the interviews, he says, I've done Manson twice. Uh, I don't think I, I can do Manson again. It would be very bad for my career. And he spent six months watching everything of Manson, reading everything of Manson. Oh, my God. He did a deep dive. I bet he can improvise as Manson. <laughs> and I want to have him on our show as Manson. And I know <laughs> if he hears this, he's going to go, fuck you. Because I said to him, we want to have you on the show. Yeah. I didn't say as Manson. <laughs> I don't know how to tell him. So I'm saying it here. Maybe he'll hear it. We'll do one show talking about Damon. Yeah. And then maybe another show we have our special guest, Charlie Manson. I will tell you, when he enters the he's not... It, you know, a lot of his stuff got cut out of, um, a lot of everything got cut out of, uh, uh, once upon a time. Tarantino films a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, uh, it wasn't because he didn't do a good job, yeah. just the way it moved along. But in Mindhunter, he has whatever it is, about a 10 minute scene. Yeah. As Manson. And I said, it's one of the most chilling things I have ever seen in my life. Uh, and also, here's the part that's amazing. The writing on this is great because, you agree with everything Manson says. Every word Manson says is absolutely sane. It's terrific. Delivered crazy. And I said, you, I wrote to him, you look just like Manson. He said, well, there's a lot of prosthetics and makeup. <laughs> but I mean, he... It wasn't, I've been hearing that all my life. Well, I get no, that all the time. Since I was six. <laughs> it, it, I mean, um, when you see this scene, you almost think... This is a scene of Manson I've actually seen. Right. You know, except it, except the quality. Found except the quality is so good. Yeah. And he just does the, the ticks and the moves. And, you know, I've always thought, <laughs> just in case, you know, the Catholic League didn't hate us enough, I've always thought that Manson was the closest thing you could see to what Jesus must have been like. You know, <laughs> uh, you ask him a direct question, and he goes, I was down by the river. When we were washing clothes, 
you know, that parable type yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. the kind of thing you see. It's just this, I mean, as, uh, as Damon s- said, you know, five foot two, 35 year old ex con. And he had beautiful young women doing anything he said. I mean, and men, yeah. I mean, did the beautiful young people. He was, he has this charisma. And first of all, I want to say, uh, I'm not one of the cult of Manson people, but I'm just saying when Damon does it, there's something really beautiful about it. I'm yeah. also troubled, and I'd love to, because uh, Damon has read so much about him. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'm not going to get Damon to say, he's, Damon's going to my answer to will you do Manson is going to be <laughs> two words. Yeah. Fuck yeah. you. Fuck you, yeah. That's going to be it. But I'm just saying, if he won't do it when we're talking here, I want to do it privately with him <laughs> and then report back on it. You know, that wouldn't hurt. The fact that he knows a lot about Manson. Yeah. But here's the thing that drives me crazy. Maybe Manson killed another person, but he wasn't prosecuted for that. He was prosecuted for the uh, uh, Tate Bianca mm-hmm. murders. Uh, Le Bianca, right? Yeah. And um, he didn't do those murders. Right. He told people to do them. And that troubles me tremendously. Yeah. That issue of what you're responsible for is one that drives me crazy. Well, yeah, even like the more recent case with the woman over texts encouraging the guy to yeah. commit suicide. Yeah. I tend to side with those people. Yeah. And in the uh, in the Manson scene in Manhunter, when you get to it, uh, you know. Because uh, I already had a friend pop up on that. Who played like the uh, uh, port the guy in Portland? Uh, it was the, the foot fetish. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, it literally was like, oh my god, I think it's my, I think it's my friend Happy Anderson. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as he starts to do these scenes, I go, it can't be. That scene was too fucking amazing. And I look, <laughs> and I look at the line, it's like, fuck, it's my friend Happy Anderson. Holy shit! And Happy's I was like, his name. Happy Anderson is his oh, name. It's a great name. It's a great name. And he's he's always been a fabulous actor. And um, uh, but I was thinking about your story of when I forget the actor who came up to you, but was also a big guy who was jealous of you because you got to play intellectuals on yeah, yeah, television yeah, yeah. and movies. Well, the big guy on this, is, is that who it is? Uh, he's a gigantic redhead, yeah. Not the 6'9 guy. Oh, no, 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 no. No, that's uh, Kemper. No, not the actor who plays Kemper. Oh, that guy must have been a dream come true. I mean, the amount of roles that guy must have gone in where he's just like, you know, office meat or something like that. Yeah, we don't <laughs> need we don't need 400 pounds and 6'9 for this role. Yeah. And now they do. And now they do. And he's Good. Yeah, there are so many roles where these are giant guys playing these really layered, crazy motherfuckers. <laughs> but the but 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 the show asks for so much empathy yeah. and exploration. So it's it's brilliant to well, watch. Well, the show doesn't have any plot. No, the show really is just the interviews. Yeah, I mean that's what Fincher should have done. Yeah, yeah I mean no, he, what he did was exactly what he should do. <laughs> yeah, instead of having this. T- Cool, huge hit on Netflix. Should have done something else. <laughs> what I would like. Um, but really, when we were watching, yeah. when we were watching it, uh, they're saying, we're going to see Manson, we're going to see Manson, we're going to see Manson. They're walking in to see Manson. Yeah. And I said, we're really tired. We're stopping now. Because when Manson comes on, and I didn't even know it was going to be Damon then. Yeah. Uh, I said, I want to see this, this Manson appearance. And I got to tell you, I don't, very often watch things over and over. Damon's Manson appearance is unbelievable. And I think every word that Manson said is true and accurate. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, I think it's every word he says I I, I agree with. You know? Yeah. And I read the uh, I read the Manson books, you know, The Family and Helter yeah. Skelter. And now those are being discredited tremendously. I mean, there was something so, so fascinating 
going on there uh, with that whole thing. And now that he's dead, I feel better. When he was alive, I didn't feel good about saying anything interesting about him. But now that he's dead, he he becomes more of a fictional character we can discuss symbolically instead of a real person. Because, you know, I don't want to have any Manson art. I don't want to have any Manson stuff. I don't don't like any of that memorabilia stuff. That stuff makes me sick and makes me uncomfortable. But intellectually, there's stuff to talk about with that level of crazy. Yeah, I think... That level of crazy who I agree with. Yeah, I think I'm willing to have the debate with you on the conspiracy stuff. On what conspiracy stuff? The conspiracy to commit murder. You are. The reason he's in jail. Yeah. Or was in jail. Say a little bit. Can we do it now? Or you want to wait till Damon's here? Do we have time? I don't know. I don't think we do, but can you do it? I don't think we do in time. Okay. You think he should be in jail? Yeah. Okay. Well, good. When we get Damon here playing Manson, (laughs) when I get the one word email, what if it's already come in? <laughs> you can, he, he, readers can tell him that he deserves to be in jail. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how tall uh, Damon is, but boy, they make him—they uh, make him little. <laughs> and I will tell you, when you get to this, when you get to this, Matt, and Manson makes his first appearance—I mean, the first yeah. forty-five seconds before he says anything—you're yeah. going to say, "Greatest, greatest appearance ever." And the great thing is, if there weren't a Manson. Yeah. If Manson did not exist, I believe Damon's appearance would be just as good. And I don't think there's a better compliment I could give him. Right. Without the Manson legacy behind him, he would have still killed. Because that's what Little Tornado is. Little Tornado is uh, a- a- an incredible monologue. Incredible monologue. Yeah. And uh, Steve Conrad. and I mean, I mean, Steve Conrad and Damon Harriman. Should, well, they're going to be. They're doing another season of... Uh, a perpetual grace. It's just, it's just the best stuff going on. What else do you have to cover? Anything? Anybody got any shows coming up Friday night? Yeah, in Las Vegas at Show Creator Studio. How do they find out about that? I uh, go to. Uh, you can go to mindnoodler dot com. Mindnoodler dot com. Yeah. So you got the Mind Hunter. Just change the noodler. Yeah. Mindnoodler dot com and uh, Fincher. If you're listening, I also like to do television. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Friday night, nine o'clock. Yeah. For you West Ve- Coast folks. Yeah. Here yeah. in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I am going to. Uh, Maybe, maybe open for you. Okay, I'll do this new trick. That's good. That'll that'll make me. I'll be sick Give with me a fear. Deadline. Sick with fear. I covered everything. Anything maybe, else? Maybe practice before then. Nah, that was Ben <laughs> Sunday school. Cha cha cha. You become naked. I'm going to be eating fried rice tomorrow. (laughs) Mr. Chow's at 9 a.m. 9 a.m. I never eat before 5.30, and I don't ever eat uh, animal products, so this would be a good morning. (laughs) Morning and Sick by noon. Hey everybody, Jason Ellis here from the Jason Ellis Show podcast, reminding you that my podcast, new episodes every Wednesday, downloadable, where all podcasts are available. Come see my friends, Michael and Kevin, as we talk to you about what's awesome, what sucks, fitness, fighting, 
parenting life. Spin kicks LGBTQ community, how to defend yourself against a shark if it attacks you out of nowhere, and much, much more. So come join us. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.